1041 and a good Monday morning. American Transmissions, talk a text line 447-KSGF. I am Nick Reed. As we kick off the week, a week in which there was anticipated to be a great deal of focus on the discussion, the race, the vote for Speaker. We will have Congressman Burleson joining us during the show a bit, get a touch on that. But obviously, uh, overshadowed by that, the the massive coordinated uh, launch of a war against Israel that took place uh, over there, has taken place over the last 48 hours, continues to take place with numerous hostages being held, some of those reportedly being Americans, of course, Americans being worth a lot of money uh, in this administration with the payment of over a billion dollars a head ransom to the Iranians who, by all acknowledgments, had a hand in backing this attack on Israel, the launch of of the war. Uh, There's been a bit of erratic reaction from the White House, erratic in in position, I should say, nature, Uh, everything from everybody just calm down, let's not have Israel fighting back and blowing this out of proportion, let's go back to our barbecue. We got live music at the White House, by the way, do y'all know that? To what many would consider to be a much more reasonable response, the, the White House once again in dealing with this appears to not be leading, but instead gauging public sentiment and basing the next move, America's next move and America's position on the current situation based off of American reaction, the world reaction. And it, it, it tends to be what we see, particular de- particularly dealing with events that are unexpected, events that are large in scope in nature, and events that make it virtually impossible to, you know, to not have some sort of reaction, that this administration comes out starts a tone, if you will, and then within 24 hours to 48 hours, uh, gauges the public's reaction to their reaction and then alters their position. And that appears to be the case here, again, from let's not make this. I mean, they they didn't say it in this many words, but generally what happens when uh, Israel comes under attack, they're told essentially to take it. And that, the very onset of this, was the message coming out of the administration, that let's not escalate things. Uh, Everybody just calm down. We don't need any massive retaliation. In fact, you had a number of networks out there with commentators and the so-called experts uh, portraying Israel's response as the real problem. This was on MSNBC. Uh, and uh, a little bit of it on CNN as well, making it appear as if that you know the the 
the terrorist attack, the launch of a war on Israel isn't the real issue here. It is, are the Israelis going to use this in order to better position themselves, uh, in order to really eradicate these people, to to rear their ugly head of, of, of dominance? And that seems to, to some degree, have been pulled back just a little bit, though there are a number of organizations, as one could expect, mostly on university campuses, that are announcing rallies to be held in favor of the terrorists and the terrorist attack on uh, the the primarily Jewish, I mean, it is the Jewish state of Israel, but clearly most of the citizens that have been subject to those attacks uh, have uh, been Jewish individuals. And so we're seeing on these these university campuses, Harvard, there's numerous student organizations uh, in this world of, of almost a bubble of leftism uh, in which they are coming out in celebration and support of the terrorist attack. So as you can imagine, there is a great deal to cover here. The death count uh, is this morning above 800. And a difference that we see in these sorts of attacks, and it was similar to 9-11, versus what has traditionally been known as war, is the terrorists, they target civilians. Um, it is not about targeting any sort of military infrastructure of the enemy, government institutes of the enemy, but slaughtering as many innocent uh, civilians with women and children on the forefront, dragging their bodies through streets, which is much of what we've seen. Yet these individuals still get treated as if, uh, well, you know, they're just one half of a conflict and uh, uh, we need to all just sit down. And uh, ultimately, let's try and settle this thing without any form of escalation. Uh, all that being said, Friday, we've got some audio for you. Joe Biden at the podium doing some Q&A, demonstrating why it is that his handlers don't want him to do Q&A. Uh, regarding the border wall, he just flat out said, I was told I had to do it. You know, he just told me I had to do it. Uh, he was asked a question, I believe by the AP, about the fact that people still, American citizens, don't understand how great they have it. Uh, we're still complaining about the economy and the rising gas prices and food prices, the inflation, all of these things. And uh, Joe Biden has one of his moments in which it becomes very, very clear halfway through. He just completely forgets what he is talking about. We're going to have a look at the weather here coming up in a moment. Uh, high today of 70. Pretty decent week ahead. We'll give you a look into the next couple of days. Right now, the latest news update. Good morning. I'm Cutter 10 in Fox 49's Jesse Inman. Police chased a man through the Springfield National Airport after a witness says they saw him with a machete. The witness told airport police they saw a man standing near his truck with the weapon. When officers approached, he drove across airport property, ramming through a gate and ending up on the airfield. He then ran inside the terminal and was arrested. UAW leaders say they are making progress toward ending the strike against the big three automakers. It's been over three weeks that workers have been on strike, including more than 4,000 workers at the GM plant in Wentzville, Missouri. There are still more than 25,000 union members on strike. And federal offices, banks, and post offices will be closed today in observance of Columbus Day. 
For Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. And the first alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny 70 for a high today, clear tonight down to 44. Tomorrow, sunshine with a high of 73, though with the wind involved, could feel around 40, 41 at times. Traffic update, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Just one week ago, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan boasted about how the Middle East is, quote, quieter today than it's been in two decades. Well, even prior to that, that wasn't exactly true. Of course, the real quiet began. Not just quiet, but positive direction during the Trump administration. It's perhaps one of the more devastating halts to the, the a policy of the Trump administration when Biden uh, came into the White House, and that was the, the massive and historic progress being made through the Abraham Accords. These arrangements, these deals, these agreements, these treaties that were being signed by separate countries in the Middle East and Israel. This was something that was said could not be done. Former Secretary of State John Kerry openly mocked the idea, noting that he said it would never, ever, ever happen. No country in the Middle East will ever sign a peace deal with Israel without permission of the Palestinians, without the Palestinians being the ones involved, without the Palestinians being the ones actually in charge and signing these treaties. And what occurred, which wasn't an uncommon approach for Trump, it's his M.O., you give something a go. If it doesn't work, you try something else. And he, he, there was that opportunity early in the administration where they had worked out what was uh, recognized by the, the Trump administration as a good step forward. And the Israelis said, yep, this looks good. And the Palestinians said, no, we're not going to participate. So Trump said, all right, we'll go around you. We'll make you irrelevant. You're not needed for other countries to enter into agreements with Israel. And this is what the world said wasn't possible. This is what the establishment said wasn't possible. And, of course, it happened. The Biden administration came along, was dismissive of it, and essentially treated those, uh, those, those arrangements, those steps forward as if they were irrelevant. That was the real beginning. But as the stability, as the leadership went away, and as we began going back to the days of rewarding the terrorists, rewarding the bad guys, Slowly but surely, the planning began. And so while just last week National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was out there saying, you know, portraying it as somehow the result of their dealing with international relations, specifically to the Middle East, quieter than it's ever been. I mean, look at what a fantastic job we've done. The timing of the things that come out of the mouths of this administration is never short of absolutely remarkable. And once again, just a week later, a week after 
trying to portray the Middle East as more peaceful than ever because of this administration, a full-blown war launched against Israel. It should be noted that, that, that this, this is clearly something that was much, much more coordinated than just having a bunch of suicide bombers show up. This was a 9-11 style coordination, though arguably on a much larger scale because you are talking about a multi-pronged attack. You had the uh, drones dropping explosives onto watchtowers. You had paragliders coming in. You had you know, these almost uh, you know different waves and full acknowledgement that the Iranians were backing this, of course, after the Biden administration opened up billions of dollars of funding to them. Which at the time, the administration said, oh, don't worry, they can't use it for terrorism. And within a week, the leader of Iran sat down with Lester Holt and said, <laughs> yeah, we'll decide what we use that money for. And I guess we're finding out, aren't we? Several Americans possibly taken hostage and killed after the deadly attack, according to an acknowledgement from U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. He noted yesterday that several Americans have possibly been killed or taken hostage in the surprise attack launched Saturday by Islamic group Hamas on Israel. This is the most serious attack on Israel since the 70s with 5,000 rockets and gunmen attacks at daybreak Saturday. The first wave of rockets launched around 6.30 in the morning from the Gaza Strip into the Israeli territory. The death toll over 800 at this point. Blinken admitted on Meet the Press, we have reports that several Americans may be among the dead. We're very actively working to verify those reports. Similarly, we've seen reports about hostages, and again, we're very actively trying to verify and nail that down. Now, why would they take American hostages, I wonder? Whatever would cause such an event. Whomever possibly would have indicated to the terrorists that there was a value to having American hostages. You see, this is why you do not pay terrorist ransom for Americans. Because they become very valuable. You send a message that there is a tremendous value that the United States, and in fact, Anthony Blinken himself, defending the move to pay, to pay over $6 billion in ransom for Americans in Iran saying, we've done it and we'll do it again. We will stop at nothing to get Americans back. And the terrorists hear that. The terrorists hear that the wealthiest nation on this planet has just announced that if you get one of ours, we will give you anything you want. The level of stupidity and danger. And when it occurred, we had the conversation that has been had over and over and over again regarding these situations, that it is the, the short-sighted, playing on the sympathy of the American people, and it's a sympathy that is genuine and warranted. 
but playing off it for short-term gains, but in reality making it an even worse situation because you create more victims. There's an irony here, of course, in the truest sense of the term. Paying ransom for hostages is done in the name of sympathy because, of course, being a hostage is a horrible thing, and we don't want these hostages to be hostages. So you pay the money so they're no longer hostages. But what you do, ironically, is in doing that, in trying to eliminate the existence of hostages through payment, is you create more of them. And so it should come as absolutely no surprise You see, you've got two potential behaviors here, and it it depends on the perception of the United States. In an alternate reality, a reality in which the United States is feared by these people, if they're taking hostages and they realize some of them were Americans, they would say, get rid of them as quickly as possible. We don't want that mess. Get rid of them. Or they are of no value to us. There's no point in, you know, the more of these hostages that we have to try and control and deal with, the more chaotic it can be, the more difficult it can be. So those that have no value to us, let them go. But that's not the message that we have sent. This was predictable. It was predicted. And so now, apparently, there are Americans that are being held hostage. And it is known that there's a great financial value on them, which is incentive. The Pentagon sending the largest aircraft carrier to the eastern Mediterranean... This, according to Secretary of Defense uh, Lloyd Austin, a statement Sunday, the Pentagon will begin transferring an unspecified amount of security assistance to Israel, including ammunitions, and that it is expected to reach the Israeli Defense Forces in the coming days. Austin said in the statement, Meanwhile, Austin, at the direction of Biden, has ordered the USS Gerald Ford, along with its strike force to the eastern Mediterranean, and moved to enhance fighter aircraft squadrons in the region. There there are so many, so many factors that could have, have, that definitely to some degree played into the decision to launch this now. Because this is, when these decisions are made, they're not made in a vacuum. And the first question that I, in my mind, as I hear the announcement made that, oh, we are going to be sending ammunitions is, have we not been hearing reports about how we're extremely low on them because of giving Ukraine everything under the sun they want? Did that come into play here? Did the belief that the Biden administration has drained our support resources or any sort of our resources that could be provided in support to Ukraine, did the the understanding and the recognition of that come into play here, that there was not only because of the way that the administration has essentially tried to become BFFs with Iran, the backers of this attack, 
but also the fact that on the world stage, we have been presenting ourselves as draining down those ammunitions to the point that that you know, we we don't perhaps have the sort of potential support for a country like Israel if they came under attack. So there's so many factors here. There's a, actually a pretty good breakdown, and I want to share some of it with you, how since the Biden administration came into power, they have been, not just through Iran, but removing some of these organizations that are financial backers of an attack like this from the terror watch list or from the the official list of terrorist organizations, and how the people that and the organizations that are involved in an attack like this have been emboldened by official moves from the Biden administration, some just within weeks of being sworn in. Springfield's Talk 104.1, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Before we get a traffic update here, made an announcement this past Friday while at Scramblers that this Friday we are doing free breakfast for first responders. This is a first, of course, we have always, and we will continue to do our deal with veterans. That's going to continue on. But this Friday, we're going to have a go at first responders. So if you are a first responder, while we are broadcasting live from Scramblers, this Friday from 6A to 9A, come by and get free breakfast. That thanks to Scramblers and Pyramid Roofing sponsoring that. Uh, and uh, we're going to see how it goes. It may, you know, we have no idea. See, after we've done for years and years and years, the Heroes Breakfast that uh, we, we do for Vets, we get a sense of the patterns and how many people and the flow and when, you know, what part of the show is going to be busier than others. And, of course, it, it, there are variations, sometimes due to the weather, due to the holidays and so forth. We have no idea whether this first first responders will be a little slower or if it's going to be kind of chaotic. You're just going to have to uh, – we're, we're all in this together, as they say. So uh, the one thing I know – is that we're looking forward to it, as is Scramblers and Pyramid Roofing. So uh, come by if you are a first responder, Scramblers, this Friday as we broadcast live from 3 to 6, or 3 to 6, from 6 to 9, and get your free breakfast. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. First alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny 70 today, clear 44 tonight, sunshine 73 tomorrow. Uh, I want to remind you uh, about, uh, just quickly here, garage door maintenance and how important it is. It's just, it just seems like such a goofy thing that that wasn't part of my list. Uh, you know, there are certain things that you know that you're supposed to do every season. Maybe you don't do it every season, but I've got my listing uh, of those items. And even though twice in my life I've had to have a spring replaced, it just the, the, the garage and the garage opener and all of that never crossed my mind to have routine maintenance done. And maybe that's because it's a service that really isn't provided necessarily as it is through Green County Garage Doors. 85 bucks. 
not only do they check it out and give an inspection, but any sort of, you know, maintenance lube adjustments that need to take place. Sometimes it's a tightening of this and a loosening of that. And then lubrication obviously is extremely important. That is part of that $85. Cannot stress enough the importance learning as I did that it can extend the life of your garage door, your garage door opener, the entire mechanics of it by two to three times. So in other words, if you don't do that, the amount of time that you are shortening, that you're going to have to pull out major expenses for a new door, for a new track system, for the new opener itself. This is such a huge saver. 85 bucks. It's greencountygaragedoors.com, and you can also find them under Nick's endorsements. Fantastic people. There is understandably, and rightfully so, going to be a great deal of attention paid to the administration's billion-dollar access, billions of dollars of, that, that were uh, given to Iran. Now, their defense is going to be, well, it wasn't taxpayer dollars. That doesn't matter to Iran, and it doesn't matter to the terrorists. The fact of the matter is there was over $6 billion that Iran did not have access to until the Biden administration gifted it to them in exchange for American hostages, which incidentally, not to get too far off the track here, there are many who believe that the release of the hostages was actually cover for what the six-plus-billion-dollars actually was. And that was, as twisted and backwards as this may sound, but we are talking about the negotiation tactics of the Biden administration, an effort to get Iran to enter into another nuclear deal with the United States in which Iran benefits anyhow. But the administration did not want to appear as if they were paying over $6 billion in order to get Iran to come to the table and to come up with some agreement, which the Biden administration is desperate to have. So they got the hostages released so that they could say, oh, look what we got for it. So it's almost a cover. It's not a good cover because, as we know, it puts a bounty on the heads of Americans, many of which apparently are being held hostage by the terrorists now that have invaded and attacked Israel. That being said, there have been many other moves made by this administration that also have tie-ins to the launch of this war against Israel. Francis Martel has a pretty decent rundown of this in Breitbart, noting that entities known to maintain friendly ties to the Palestinian terrorist organization Hamas from the Iranian Islamic regime to Venezuela socialist dictator Maduro have enjoyed years of financial benefits from eased sanctions under Joe Biden, benefit meriting closer scrutiny in light of the unprecedented wave of terrorists striking Israel on Saturday. Israeli authorities estimate over 300 people, and that estimation has been up to over 800, have died, identifying nearly 1,600 wounded, a number which has, I think, doubled that at this point. As a result of thousands of rocket bombings, wave of street attacks against civilians, reports indicate that Hamas terrorists took an unknown number of civilians, estimated to total in the dozens, including women and children and elderly people with dementia, Terrorists have flooded social media with graphic images appearing to show the torture of hostages. 
Hamas has branded the terror spree as the Al-Aqsa Deluge and vowed that the attacks would continue indefinitely. The Palestinian terror attack happened on the Jewish holiday of Shemini Atzeret, the final day of the annual High Holy Day cycle. The attacks followed years of Biden administration policies aiding supporters of Palestinian terrorism, most recently in September. A report revealed that the State Department granted over $90,000 in funding to the Phoenix Center for Research and Field Studies in Gaza, a non-governmental group that describes itself as supporting armed resistance against Israel. Less directly, but perhaps more influentially, the Biden administration has aided some of Hamas's most high-profile international supporters. While a Sunni Arab organization, Hamas has long maintained close ties to the Shiite region in Iran. After a brief chill in relations during the early years of the Syrian civil war, the Islamic regime and the terrorist organization restored their association to the point that the head of Hamas identified Tehran as its largest backer financially and militarily. Military experts studying drones used during the attack on Saturday suggest that they were at least inspired by Iranian designs, if not outright Iranian-made weapons. The supreme leader of Iran, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, celebrated the carnage on his Twitter account Saturday, writing, quote, God willing, the cancer of the usurper Zionist regime will be eradicated at the hands of the Palestinian people. Appeasement policies towards Iran have been a cornerstone of the Biden administration's approach to the Middle East. Tehran most recently received word that the White House would move to allow uh, it to access $6 billion in assets frozen as part of sanctions on the country for its funding of terrorist activity. Biden reportedly traded the $6 billion for the release of five Americans held hostage in Iranian prisons. The United States reportedly facilitated the unfreezing of the $6 billion held in South Korea and the transfer of the money to Iranian ally Qatar before the Americans were freed. Kirby insisted in August, this is not ransom. Khomeini marked the anniversary of September 11, 2001, this, and this was the same time that the ransom was paid with a speech celebrating the demise of the United States quote the main lines of this transformation are several things first of all the weakening of the world's arrogant powers they themselves say that the indicators of American power in the world like economy are declining one of the most important indicators of American power was the strong American economy and they note it's declining Hamas is being funded and equipped by Tehran, which the U.S. has been appeasing and enabling in recent months, as billions of dollars have flowed into the regime coffers, Jake Wallace-Simmons, editor of the Jewish Chronicle, observed over the weekend. The $6 billion gift bookends a policy that began early in the Biden administration. In June of 2021, Biden lifted sanctions on three former Iranian officials and two companies sanctioned for engaging the Iranian oil industry on the grounds that the targeted entities had allegedly made a verified change in behavior or status. One of the Biden's first acts in office in February of 2021 was the removal of one of Iran's closest terrorist allies in the region, the Yemeni Houthi movement, from the American government's list of designated foreign terrorist organizations. 
The Houthis have engaged in a bloody civil war in Yemen for nearly a decade under their slogan, Allah is great, death to the United States, death to Israel, curse the Jews, victory for Islam. Again, one of Biden's first acts in office was to remove them from the list of designated terrorist organizations. Biden administration, with its latest foreign policy frustrations, Yemen Houthis have launched three cross-border strikes with drones uh, and ballistic missiles into the United Arab Emirates. In as many weeks, Secretary of State Antony Blinken plainly stated that the revocation of the terror designation was not as a result of the Houthis ceasing to engage in terrorist activity. Rather, to the objective of lifting the sanctions was to allow money to flow into Houthi-controlled areas of Yemen by, quote, focusing on alleviating the humanitarian situation in Yemen. We hope the Yemeni parties can also focus on engaging in dialogue. So again, this is, and it's the reverse approach that Trump always took, which is why the Trump administration produced different results. And that is start lavishing gifts on these bad guys, hoping that because we're nice to them, they will give up their ideology. They'll give up their ways, that they will go, gee willikers, maybe we're wrong about these horrible people that we want to all murder and drive into the sea. This is the foolish approach that is taken over and over and over again, that the enemy learns, they recognize And so it, once again, incentivizes them to be bad because they recognize the worse they are, the more that you have moves like you saw one of the first moves with the Biden administration. And that is to say, you know what, we're going to take you off the terrorist list, which with that comes a lot of benefits financially. And we really, really, really hope that you'll see because we're nice guys that you'll quit being mean. We're going to get a traffic update, continue on with a number of moves that has been made by this administration that encourages or directly benefits and facilitates a move like we saw on Saturday with this launch of a war against Israel. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Air raid sirens going off throughout Israel as we speak. Hezbollah threatening to attack American positions if the U.S. intervenes. Uh, Palestine is not Ukraine. If the U.S. intervenes directly, all U.S. positions in the region will become legitimate targets of the resistance axis and face our attacks. And on that day, there will be, uh, let's see here, they Sorry, I lost the press. There were a few words left in that uh, release by the terrorists. But the ultimate point here is that they are now putting the United States on notice that we, too, will become legitimate targets should we in any way, shape, or form um, assist uh, the Israelis. They cite specifically Ukraine, and this will be very interesting to see the reaction to that (laughs) because— In my mind, and I know many of you do as well, note the difference in approach of Biden versus if it's a Republican, specifically Trump. And if Trump were the one that was giving the Ukrainians everything they wanted in terms of taxpayer dollars with no oversight whatsoever, and you had this attack, 
And you had the terrorists that were saying, you know, using Ukraine, saying, hey, just so you know, this isn't Ukraine. Uh, and if you get involved over here like you did there, you're going to suffer greatly, that that would be used as a, a tool to attack Trump. And see, see what you've gotten us into now? There is a breakdown in Breitbart of the number of areas in which terrorist organizations, many which back Hamas financially, have benefited from the Biden administration directly. And this is one thing that we've learned. It's, it's always the bad guys that benefit. While the American people on average suffer under this administration, the Taliban was given an entire country and armed to the teeth, which they have volunteered their help in the war on Israel with weapons that the Biden administration provided them. The drug cartels and the human traffickers have benefited tremendously. The Russians have benefited tremendously when it comes to the, the Nordstrom pipeline that the Trump administration had put sanctions on so that it could not be completed. Biden claimed he was going to keep them in place, got into office. And then after, you know, his son gets millions of dollars from Russian oligarchs, the Biden administration lifts any sort of sanctions which allows the Russians to benefit. So while Americans on on average, the good guys, if you will, suffer under this administration, bad guys continue to benefit. Iran with its billions of dollars. One of the very first moves of this administration was to lift the terror designation on the Houthis. Also lifting sanctions, allowing money to flow to them, saying that we hoped that it would be used for humanitarian purposes. But rather than that, the Houthis expanded their terror activities into Saudi Arabia. So once again, we allowed the increased funding of terrorism. Across the globe, in Venezuela, the Biden administration has also worked to ease sanctions on the socialist regime's oil industry, despite a documented long-term relationship between Venezuela and terrorist groups such as Hamas and Hezbollah. The largest windfall to Venezuela came in the form of the Biden administration allowing the American company Chevron to begin limited oil production in the country, which requires cooperation with Maduro's state oil production uh, Petroleos de Venezuela, PDVSA. Oil production, which cratered after decades of socialist mismanagement, skyrocketed because of the move by the Biden administration. Venezuela jointly announced after, with the dictatorships of Iran and Syria, that all three would soon collaborate on the construction of an oil refinery in Homs, a hollowed-out former opposition stronghold during the Syrian civil war. All three will profit from the completed operation. The three countries had initially announced an interest in building such a refinery in Homs in 2017, but did not follow up on the plan. After then, President Donald Trump imposed heavy sanctions on both Iran and Venezuela. So again, this is a difference between the Trump administration and the Biden administration. The Trump administration put the screws to these people and cut them off financially, and let's not forget, took out Iran's top terrorists, to which many in the world, including the media and the Democrat Party, ran around screaming about, you can't do that, you can't do that. Well, the Biden administration immediately began opening the money flow to these organizations.
It's not a vacuum. Emboldening and making decisions that allows for the funding of terrorism has real-life implications, and we're watching those unfold before our very eyes. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Heads up Friday, 10 a.m., launching live, ksgf.com, our local for less half-price deal, Getaway Golf, for just 19 bucks. You will have access to that, so you may want to keep that in mind as we make our way through the week. News in 60 seconds, I'm Nick Reed.